Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Night Report Podcast. I'm your host, Richie Schneider. We got a special guest today. Um, not not PJ Carlissimo, JP Carlissimo. Very well known on Twitter um, among the Seton Hall fan base. Almost said Seton Hall. That would have been bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, some Rutgers fans like to say Seton Hall, I guess. But uh, regardless, JP, what's going on, man? What's up, man? Good, good to be on. I'm glad we can do this uh, amicably. Yeah, of course. Uh, so Seton Hall Rutgers, the Garden State Hardwood Classic is back this weekend, Saturday night. I think I think we can all kind of agree 8.30 kind of sucks, but it it I, is what it is, I guess. I kind of like it. It's better than oh, what, okay. last year. It was a Sunday at like 1 or 2 That's or something true. like that. That was, yeah. that was the worst. But yeah. any like Friday, Saturday night it needs to be because it's like its own kind of event for everyone, you know, in the area, which is good. Instead yeah. of like last year splitting it with, you know, Jets and Giants fans. Everyone's kind of pissed about that, I know. Yeah, of course. Uh, nice thing is, is I don't know if the, the Jets might be at one o'clock actually this weekend. So we're going to miss that, but the Giants are on Monday night. So you're also going to miss that. So it kind of all works out, but um, regardless, uh, both teams are coming into this one, five and three. And I think my number one question for you to start, and it's the most important question that every Rutgers fan asks me every single time these two teams play each other at Prudential specifically, is the upper deck open? <laughs> Dude, it's insane. I don't know why they won't open it. Oh it my makes God. no sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's like my favorite chirp going into this game. It's like open up or down. Yeah, like I can count on one hand how many times they've done that in however many years, and most of that was when Miles Powell was playing. Yeah, it's fair. Um, do do we know if it's open this weekend? Are we nah, but I bet there's probably a, a portion of it that's going to be open just to mm-hmm. get some more people in. Yeah, of course. I know it just got announced as a sellout, so that's also going to be a a big thing. Um, like I said before, both teams are going in this game five and three. Uh, I'm not really in touch on the Rutgers side because I've already done a recap of that shit show that was the other day versus Wake Forest. But uh, I want I want to talk about Seton Hall's record this year. Um, we've seen them defeat St. Peter's, Fairleigh Dickinson, Albany. There was a fight in the Wagner game, um, Northeastern. What What do you think so far of this year's team before uh, we jump into actual player talk? I mean, it's kind of hard to really evaluate them as a unit. Um, mm-hmm. Just with so many moving pieces over the last couple of weeks coming back, I mean, they get yeah. two guys in their front court that they're going to need big time. Mm-hmm. Um, they're starting to get healthy in that point, that portion, so that'll be big. But I mean, I think I've seen some things that I like. I've seen some things that I don't like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's pretty much the same for everyone, really, in November, early December. Nobody's playing their best ball yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think I think this team is pretty much is what I expected, like an NIT level team. Okay. Uh, Nothing, you know, in particular that's going to stand out at you. But, um, you know, I think in general, both teams are going to match up pretty well in terms of talent level. Mm-hmm. What Now, I want to talk about Katari Richmond because he's kind of been the superstar for the team, I guess, at this point. Um, what has he done over the offseason and what what's changed with his game? Because he's just seems like he's taken it to a complete other level from when his, uh, his Syracuse days. Yeah. Um, I mean, the first thing I noticed the first game was that he looked in way better shape than he's been. Mm-hmm. his entire career as a pirate but yeah uh, gene holly mentioned it over the summer that was his first real summer of 
having workouts and all that stuff. And it looked it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Usually you got to worry about him kind of getting into playing shape as the year goes on, but he looks like he was right there at the beginning, ready to go, had a full summer of practice, which directly translated to playing well from the start. Yeah. I remember last year, for instance, he looked like lost until really the Rutgers game is when he kind of turned it around, but mm -hmm. he's playing great right now. I mean, he didn't play that well during feast week, but it looked fantastic against Baylor. Yeah, and that's uh, what was the final score of that one? I don't even know actually. I just had it pulled uh, up. Uh, it turned out to be a, a, a blowout at the end. They they let it slide at the end, which yeah. is brutal for your metrics, but you know whatever. It happens. Um, it's yeah. it's a very good Baylor team, uh, number six in the country, seventy eight sixty. But uh, yeah, no, he had another good game. Um, now you guys run like a four guard lineup technically, even though the guards are like six 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 five ish. Yeah. Um... I mean, Dre Davis played as a four last year, too, off the bench, though, behind KC. I mean, I guess it's really kind of the same thing. I mean, KC was pretty much a guard for all intents and purposes. He's 6'5", you know? Yeah. Dre, I think, is 6'6", six, six, but he gets pretty much all the run at the four. Mm -hmm. um, it's nice to be able to have a little bit of space, but, I mean, it doesn't really matter if you got guys that can't knock down shots. But, yeah. Um, they're smaller. I know um, Pike last night went to the smaller lineup, too, so that'll be <laughs> interesting if we'll do that again on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of, hopefully, or I should say, hopefully there's a change on Saturday on our end. Got to be mm -hmm. a little bit of a shakeup, I think. In terms of the starting lineup, you mean, or? Yeah, I think so. Um, what, I mean, what do you think potentially could ha or should happen, I guess? I think it's not just me. It's everyone that is a Seton Hall fan wants to see Isaiah Coleman inserted into the starting lineup. Mm -hmm. I mean, the kid's been fantastic. And I mean, whether it's Wusu or, or Dawes, he's outplayed pretty much one of them, either of them at every given night. So there's yeah. really no point why, you know, you keep running the same five. But I mean, I kind of get it. You played a long game with a freshman. I mean, look how long it took Pike to get Gavin in. That's true. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely interesting. But yeah, I actually got a chance to see uh, Seton Hall play against Northeastern another day and. The Coleman kid impressed the hell out of me. Uh, I didn't think he was a true freshman when I first saw him, and I was like, who the hell is that? And then I'm like, oh, damn. And then I, I noticed Alamir Dawes, New Jersey native, is still very inconsistent. He'll have <laughs> games where he goes off and games where there's, like, nothing going on. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the beauty of having a guy like Coleman with this year's team as opposed to last year. You didn't really have that guy off the bench. Mm -hmm. you know, if you got a guy, whether it's Wusu, Coleman, I meant Wusu, Dawes, you know, even, you know, Dre Davis in that extent, you just – Flip yeah. in Coleman, like he can give you production, mm -hmm. he rebounds the basketball. He does a lot of things freshmen don't do. It's impressive, which is why I think people are like, play the kid. Yeah, no, of course. Now I, I'm not even familiar or that familiar with Coleman. Um, was he highly ranked? Was he uh, who they beat out? I guess in the long run for that recruitment. So he was a late decommit. Um, he decommitted in like I want to say like June, maybe July. I don't know. It was over the summer. Um, okay. But he was originally committed to Charleston. He was ranked pretty high from like when they first were connected to him. They like Andrews listed him as like a top 60 kid. Okay. But I saw him for the first time. He's like in like that 120 range, which probably is okay. a, a factor of him committing to Charleston. Yeah, um, oh, of course. But decommitted from Charleston. Seton Hall scooped him up. Thank God mm -hmm. that happened because the kid has been a, a, a godsend. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely interesting. Um, now, Looking at the big men, uh, obviously, Bediako is the main big man for you guys. Um, I Ideally, in this matchup, I was looking forward to – I might have tweeted something a little too early. I might have said Cliff was probably going to eat his lunch, I think I said. Uh, after watching Cliff last night, I, I don't know if that's necessarily true anymore, but how would you just describe Bediako's game? I mean, talk about a kid that you would have never thought is as good as he is. 
Mm-hmm. Like, didn't really put up numbers at all at Santa Clara. You're like, why are we bringing in this kid to probably be our starting center? And then you watch him play, and like, he's like so much better than I could have ever thought. Yeah. Um, he's just a traditional banger. You know, he's not good. He doesn't do anything like overly athletic. Um, he plays really hard, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a nice little low post game. Offensive rebounding, I think, like, last someone said that he was, like, top, like, 10 in the country in offensive rebounding percentage or something like that, which is awesome. Okay. Wow. Damn. Um, yeah, he's a lot better of a player than I thought. But, mm-hmm. I mean, the one thing that scares me is when you got guys that are super athletic, they can just kind of run around them. I kind of saw it a little bit with Baylor, especially on pick and rolls. Yeah. Uh, it can be tough sometimes because the defense hasn't really been up to snuff. But Mm-hmm. Um, kid's pretty good. He, he'll be able to hold his own at least against Cliff. Granted, like you mentioned, Cliff hasn't really looked like Cliff. Yeah, that's a that's a bigger issue on Rutgers end. But uh, yeah, I noticed actually when at the game I went to, um, who was it? Uh, Chris Darty. He's a former Notre Dame guy from Northeastern. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of like in the first half definitely ate, ate uh, Betty Ackles lunch a little bit. He kind of he was just it's that quicker, smaller yeah. big man, I guess that always gives him fits. Yeah, the athleticism aspect. He's he's mm-hmm. a big banger, but he's you know he's got slow feet. You know it is with yeah, a great player. I love the kid, but he mm-hmm. got his deficiencies. Now, now who else do they have in the front court? I know uh, they have Elijah Hudson's Everett, who's probably the main backup big, and then I think Trubeck's out. If I read that correctly, so I don't know what's going on with Tubeck. Um, Tubeck, sorry, back for the Eastern game um, that you were at. I mm-hmm. love what I've seen from the kid. He's just a energizer bunny. Yeah, he's obviously super raw, but he's everywhere. Um, Mm -hmm. so hopefully that he can get minutes because when he plays, it gives him a new kind of, um, you know, dynamic, just having some more energy in that second unit. Um, but who knows with that back was bothering him all, all summer and then said it tweaked it again, the Baylor game, but we'll see. Shaw's not going to say anything until game time when he goes to check in, you know, of course. Um, but Hutchins Everett just came back too for the Baylor game. was actually Mm -hmm. kind of impressed considering he hadn't practiced in three weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, Looked pretty competent. All you really need him to do is give him like 10 to 12 minutes just to spell Bediaco throughout the game. So I think yeah. that's a good role for him. He's a nice player. He's got some game. Um, another one, too, just kind of big kind of not banger type. He's a little bit more skilled than Bediaco is, but he's got slow feet, too. So, you know, if you got a matchup against Cliff, it's going to be tough. You want to pick and roll against those guys, it's going to be tough. They struggle with it at times. Yeah. As you saw the Northwest, Northeastern game, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, no, it definitely happens. Um, looking Just looking at the offense and everything, it seems like it's a little bit of a slower-paced offense than a typical Big East Seton Hall team. Am I correct in kind of reading that? Or Yes, um, but I noticed that this year they have small spurts where they create turnovers like crazy. It's just like, mm-hmm. it's just like back to back to back to back to back, and they get yeah. out and they run. Um, but most of the time it's like snail's pace. You know, they just mm-hmm. want to move, and like they're taking shots of like, three, four seconds left in the shot clock. There's not really much going on. The paces, I would like to honestly see them move faster. I don't know if it'll ever happen. I'm sure you probably think the same thing after hearing all oh, yeah. you know, summer. <laughs> you know, we're going to play faster, we're going to do this, and then you watch games, you know, like it's the same thing. Yep, um, yeah. But I mean, I think I think part of that too is that Kadari Richmond's a very kind of like slow and methodical kind of like kid, like player-wise, you mm-hmm. know, he, like slows the game down. That's just kind of his style. He's not really in a rush. So I think mm-hmm. it has a lot to do with it too. But, I mean, half court, it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> you, want, you want to see some more runouts because you get better yeah. looks that way when you can't score in the half court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it seems like almost like they're not running like – and I could be wrong because I just – like I said, I've watched one game and I, I was 
half watching, half not watching for honestly for sole fact that I was just hanging out with my buddies and boys and everything. But yeah, it just seemed like it was just little to no sets at all on offense. It was just kind of like, here, Kadari, go go see if you could score. If you can't, then maybe Betty Ako cleans it up and throws it back out to someone else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, best offense really the last couple of like their big games has just been throw the ball at the backboard and the rim and let's see if you get the rebound. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I notice sometimes they'll run a couple of things like easy, quick hitters for Betty Ako down on the block just to get them in good position. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they run stuff for pause, but not enough. Um, yeah, I think if you ask anyone, they'd say we want to see some more sets because you watch that St. Peter's team, mm-hmm. their offense was like flawless for most of those games, you know? Yeah. They were beautiful sets and haven't really seen them yet. Yeah. <laughs> looking looking back at some of these games that the Seton Hall has lost between USC, Iowa, and Baylor, I'm sure I'm sure you've watched all three of them. Um, what is the main issue, you would say, in these losses? Is there one specific thing or is it a different thing kind of every game? I would say the biggest thing especially in the feast week games is they start way too slow. Like mm-hmm. USC and Iowa, they both jumped out. Actually, no, the USC game, not as much. It was close. And then they kind mm-hmm. of like went to sleep for 10 minutes, but they went into half. I think they were down like 12 or something like that. Like yeah. it was close at the half. So you got to expend all that energy to get back into the game. Mm-hmm. And by the time you do, you know, if you're only going seven guys deep, you're going to get back into the game and then you're going to get exhausted and get blown out. Yeah. Which has pretty much been the theme for all those games. Now, like I said, having two back-to-back gives you a little bit of more depth there, which is big. Mm-hmm. Um, be able to spell some of those other guys a little bit, especially Dre Davis, who just plays all game, basically. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they got to start fast. Mm-hmm. Good news is Rutgers is kind of in the same boat, you know, so yeah. the game could very easily be 8-8 eight to eight at the U12 to, on Saturday. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wouldn't surprise me yeah. at all. Yeah. And uh, like we said before, it's a sold-out game, so that, that crowd is going to play a factor. Um, what's what's kind of the feeling like among the Seton Hall fan base going into this one? I mean, I think a lot of people overreacted to the Baylor game um, just because the scoreline was so unflattering mm-hmm. at the end. But, yeah. I mean, the reality is they went into Baylor, who honestly could be a top two, three team in college basketball. Their offense is insane. Um, yeah, of course. You played them good for you know almost three-quarters of the game, a little over three-quarters of the game. What more mm-hmm. could you have asked for there? You were 12-point dogs. You weren't going to be, you know, in the running to win the game. You just wanted to be in it, and you pretty much were. But mm-hmm. in the end, they kind of let it slip, and, you know, the scoreline was unflattering. So I think mm-hmm. people are a little down on this team. I mean, people are down on it anyway just because we had so many good teams over so many years with the end of the Willard kind of era. Mm-hmm. People want more, which is totally, ex- like, a totally reasonable. I obviously do too, but, yeah. I mean, have reasonable expectations kind of in the new era you know kind of things are changing you know nil mm-hmm. right now they're still playing a little bit of catch up the roster isn't as good as some of the years past yeah um but i mean i i gotta think people after seeing Rutgers against wake last night are probably like okay a little more optimistic plus mm-hmm. it's at the pru and i forget jerry mentioned it on uh the, the someone's podcast mm-hmm. it was dino's but when was the last time that Rutgers won at the pru i think it was when they were big right yeah, that's a good yeah. that's a good point. Yeah, because it's always been the home team for the most part that's winning, and I think Seton Hall actually changed that recently too because they won a Jersey Mike's or Rack, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's been a while. So yeah, I guess it, home court does it, it plays a role. Absolutely, especially in this game because it, it's mm-hmm. you get two rabid fan bases. Whoever's the home team is like everyone just totally hates the other side. No, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to talk about that a little bit more in depth too. Like, so obviously you're a Seton Hall guy. 
do, are you just born and then it was like, hey, here's a blue jersey? Or is it like, did you, like, how'd you get into Seton Hall? Like, how'd you get involved with uh, the fan base and everything? And, and after, uh, after all that, I want to know how you, or what made you create a JP Carlissimo account? <laughs> That's a good question. So, um, my, my dad went to Seton Hall, so I've been watching Seton mm-hmm. Hall forever. So, kind of yeah. like the jersey on. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I've seen them. I started watching them back in like the, uh, the Louis R era, like with okay. like the Kelly Whitney's, the Andre Barrett's, those guys. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like my, uh, christening to Seton Hall basketball. <laughs> um, but yeah, in terms of why did I make a burner, honestly, so like I live in Rhode Island. I All my friends are PC fans. I don't have anyone that I can really talk about Seton Hall hoops with. So mm-hmm. I was just like, whatever, I'll just make a, a Twitter burner account. Like I'll just shoot this shit with like some of these like Hall fans. Yeah. So that way, like, you know, yeah, you just, you know, whatever, talk to some folks. And also mm-hmm. I'm like completely unhinged. I would just literally tell <laughs> thoughts into space about this team if I could, but people listen for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the, the reason why I ended up making a burner. Um, mm-hmm. But it's fun. You know, you watch games, you just tweet shit emotionally. Um, you know, everything is pretty much emotional in the moment. There's really no rational things. And it's it's just kind of fun to also like games like this, right? Spark the shit, you know, yeah, exactly like, tweet about the upper bowl because I know it pisses people off. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean, um, stuff like that. It's It's fun. I mean, I'm I'm not even gonna mention it. Well, I'm gonna mention it now. I haven't mentioned it at all on Twitter, and you you can feel free to do something with this if you want. Rutgers fans are gonna be pissed because this is the first time I think it's came out. But apparently, so Seton Hall's athletic department um, didn't give the same allotment to Rutgers that they usually give. A lot less a lot ticket allotment to Rutgers uh, students and fans or whatever. Usually, they give like a couple of like uh, Rutgers to say, "Hey, here's for your students. They can come. It's it's a cool atmosphere." Blah blah blah. This year, it's just like, "Hey, here's your t- tickets for the team." fuck out of here <laughs> maybe That's not awesome. from that aspect but it's still it's it's it creates a little bit more of a rivalry see though i like that like i like that seton hall kind of doesn't allow it's going to sound like very ridiculous saying this but i like that they're mm-hmm. kind of tapping the Rutgers people because if you go to the rack it's so mm-hmm. small in there and there's so many season ticket holds anyway there's only yeah. like so little tickets that you can have so when you play there <clears throat> true true home court advantage for Rutgers. oh yeah so why shouldn't we do the same no, I, I I don't disagree. I think it's interesting. I think it's it and it builds the rivalry. You need to make this thing a little. I I know like in recent years it's been pretty good, but I need I need another level of this this year. I need it to get hostile as shit. Like I need I need screaming. I need the students cursing out this guy and this guy flipping off this guy. I mean, Rutgers fans got a uh, who the hell was it? They got Ed Cooley to fucking go bonkers after a, a press conference afterwards, and his strength and conditioning coach is sitting here like this, flipping the bird at the student section, and it's like, yo. If he can do that, like that was yeah, that that, I couldn't believe that. That was just absolutely amazing. Um, No, that's that's the kind of the good thing about Rutgers right now with their recruiting really taking off. The mm -hmm. next step with this rivalry is when both teams are good because we haven't had games where both teams were like really good. Like the only time I can really think of like when both teams were like at the same not like I don't want to say the same level because that Seton Hall team was incredible. Yeah, I know what you're gonna say, but they went into the rack and got blown out Rutgers was really good that year mm-hmm. you know what I mean like there hasn't been like if you can get it so that there's like two like pretty pretty good Rutgers Seton Hall teams mm-hmm. that'll really elevate it yeah because um, it's basically kind of like one fan base is like all right like we suck or like all right we're pretty good and then like you play mm-hmm. and it's like all right fuck these guys so we kind of like yeah you know what I mean instead of like all right we're good all right we're good fuck these mm-hmm. guys yeah 
No, you know? I think I think it definitely uh even like this year alone, like Rutgers is coming in off an eighteen point loss to or eighteen, I think it was eighteen. Eighteen point loss to Wake Forest last night. And just Seton Hall is coming off a, a tough loss to arguably one of the top teams in the country. So I I just think fans are just not realizing, like, even though Rutgers kind of looks bad, this game everyone wakes up for this one on both sides. Like it's gonna be a battle no matter what these teams could be I think they're both in like the eighties in the Ken Palm or net right now. So it's gonna be similar, but um but well yeah if you can get both teams in the top twenty five like it it just would make an insane and that's when you open the upper deck fully. Yeah no, uh, <laughs> that when that does happen <laughs> if that does happen, I don't know. Yeah. I don't really have an, an idea of what the future really kind of holds for, for Seton Hall. Obviously Rutgers mm-hmm. are right with you know the way that they can bring kids in so yeah i mean uh definitely helps to have some uh nil support behind that one um but yeah i wanted to ask you about that how's uh i know you just said they're still playing catch up with nil but is, is there a collective at seton hall how's it how's it work there so far for nil yeah so um they hired a gm i want to say it was over the summer mm-hmm. uh and honestly he's come in and Again, I'm not involved in it in any way. I'm just kind of looking at it from a fan's perspective. I, I personally think he's doing a pretty good job of things because when he came in, there was a couple different collectives. It was a, a mess, kind of. Mm-hmm. You put them all together. Basically, they have one onward Tonya is what they're calling it now. Okay. Uh, we dropped some jerseys a couple weeks ago. Those are sweet. Uh, um, like, you know, just kind of cool stuff, like get fan engagement. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the pool is going to look like, it's kind of hard to say. I don't really, really know, like, how – that works. Like I know, obviously you have like your big donors and things like, um, but I mean, I've long said it. I don't think Seton Hall needs to have a a pool as big as Rutgers does because that's just not who they are. Like in terms Mm -hmm. of program historically, they're going to develop kids. Yeah. You know, you have one or two good kids and then the rest you develop into good players. That's who they are as a program. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think the number that ideally they need to get to is very much in reach in the next couple of years. Um, But NIL has definitely kind of become more of a thing for seeing all they're focusing on it. Um, mm-hmm. Very happy with the steps that they've been taking a lot more events and things like that. Yeah. Just to raise money um, outside of just, Hey, give me a check kind of things. Yeah. Uh, so. I mean, it seems like it actually starts uh, today, tomorrow. I don't know when that garden state hardwood classic banquet thing is. Um, Cause I know a couple of players are attending that and they're going to get some kind of NIL payday out of it or whatever it is. But uh no, the reason I ask, I guess, the most is because you mentioned before Isaiah Coleman's been been great as a freshman, and I, I've noticed people on Twitter. And I don't know if you specifically said it or someone else, but people are like, oh, you know what? Like NIL is going to play a factor after this season because you know how all the big boys are going to come after him, and it's just kind of how the way the world works, right? Yeah, man, price of the brick going up on that kid—that's for sure. Um, yeah. But again, it's just kind of one of those things with with NIL where I mean, I'm sure every coach in the country will say it. The first thing you do is recruit <clears> your roster <throat> at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if kids aren't in the portal, you know, people yeah. are going to reach out to them. Mm-hmm. You know, they sit in there happy as a clam. Like I look at like Tate Davis, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously he's from Indiana. Um, Micah gets the job at Notre Dame. He has, he's not in the portal. And then mm-hmm. you start hearing rumblings about him getting in the portal. So I'm assuming yeah. dollar amount given to him before he entered the portal. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of standard practice for a lot of coaches, not just to throw Mike yeah. on. No, I mean, I, I can confirm for a fact Micah has tampered with half of Rutgers' roster, too. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I figure it's safe to use Micah because it's like well, common known like knowledge at this point that he's, yeah. he, um, I mean, but, Ed, cool, Ed Cooley, too. That's the big reason why Rutgers fans were kind of attacking the shit out of him. I'm saying, fuck Ed Cooley during the whole entire game. I know, I kind of forgot about that Cam Spencer thing until someone yeah. said, I was like, why are they like so pissed off at Ed Cooley? I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. 
right over the summer, but yeah, yeah, um, he's well, kind of scummy, kind of a scummy guy. Um, yeah, at <laughs> least. But to the Coleman thing, though, yeah, someone is going to offer him a lot mm-hmm. of money, of and that's kind of the thing with recruiting now is you got to find kids. Like you look at, um, there's a kid at Colorado State, I can't think of his name right now, um, but the the point guard is really good. You know, like you okay. know, yeah, I, I'm not um, good with names. You got to find kids that like are committed to your program. But, I mean, they don't really exist that much. Like, there's not many of them. It's, like, yeah. Isaiah Coleman's one of those guys because I know for a fact if someone says, you know, hey, like, here's an insane amount of money, so, you know, it's probably not going to be able to match that. That's just mm-hmm. not who they are. Yeah. You know? Um, but I hope that kid stays because he's fantastic, and he could really be, you know, one of the next great ones at Seton Hall. Mm-hmm. So now it's it's year two under Shaheen? What yep. what are kind of expectations going forward? I know this year you said potential NIT team. Um, and how do you how do you feel he's fared so far? I know he's kind of gotten through. Everyone was hyping him up as a recruiter, but then the NIL thing came into play, so it kind of threw everything for a loop. Yeah, I mean, as a recruiter, I mean, you could definitely see it. Like his first year, he's in the running with these top fifty kids, but he doesn't. You know, he's he's going into a sword fight with a spoon. Yeah. You know, um, for those kids because those kids are getting you know big money. You know, just from you know oh, being a yeah, of course. Kid, right? Um, so as a recruiter, I mean, he's pretty much done all he can. He just kind of needs more help financially, which I think you're starting to see, like, look at their 24 class. They got two, four stars coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Huge. gotta be, you know, some additional kind of support coming there. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, in terms of what he's done, I think he really got a, a bad rap for last year, you know, mm-hmm. being an NBA team, he won 10 games in the big East though. Like, I mean, his roster was in flux the entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, beat UConn like he went into Rutgers his first game there as a coach and won mm-hmm. it like he yeah. did some really good things and I think people were really sour on him just because they didn't make the tournament which mm-hmm. is fair um like I said expectations around the program are pretty much NCAA or bust yeah um but I mean I think he's done pretty well are there things that he could do better absolutely um mm-hmm. you know starting with the staff for one um you know maybe a little bit better in game execution but mm-hmm. I mean, I think all in all, he's done a pretty good job since he's took over at Seton Hall. I mean, he's still kind of figuring out high major too, right? It's yeah. a lot of fun. Um, but what the future holds is really going to depend on the NIL situation, which I'm starting to get confident in. Okay, well, that's that's a good sign of things. So things that come for Seton Hall. Uh, last thing I got for you, um, probably just a game prediction. I know it's a uh, sass. Saturday, Sunday, Saturday night. Yes. Saturday, Sunday night. I don't even remember anymore. I think it's Saturday <laughs> night. Yeah. I, I'm a, my brain is mush since this whole like transfer portal thing happened for football. So I'm just, I'm lost right now. Plus Dylan Harper, you know, was on my mind for like a year at this point and it's, it's done. Yeah. So I can kind of. Congrats on that. Yeah. That was a, that was a big one. Um, class. Yeah. Some, some genius guy predicted a uh, future caster crystal ball back in May. I don't know who that guy was, but he seems yeah, like a genius. Take your victory laps. You deserve yeah. it. Shit got murky for a little while and you said, yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. No, I, I was very confident in it. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, Saturday night, big game, eight thirty, Prudential center. What do you think is going to happen and who do you think wins? Well, I think the first thing I can say is that it's not going to be in the forties again. It's definitely going to be a rock fight. Yeah. I think anyone's going to really score. Um, I mean, who's going to win? I don't know. I can really see it kind of coming down to the wire, just like mm-hmm. if the games really do. Um, yeah. especially even. But I got to think being at Seton Hall, the crowd's going to be super rowdy. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, more Hall fans this year than normal. Yeah. Um, 
So I think that's going to eventually kind of give the, the budge, um, especially just like we mentioned, they haven't won at the Prudential Center in a decade. Yeah. So I'm going to take my Pirates. I know I'll probably, um, you know, catch a lot of shit for that. Cause no, like, oh, that's... Fucking, you know, whatever. But you know, <laughs> it is what it is. I think looking at this kind of feather neutral kind of look, I think it probably favors, you know, just being the home team. If it was at Rutgers, I'd probably say Rutgers is probably going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to say 62 to 57 final. Oh, you're really talking about a rock fight. <laughs> well, I mean. It's fair. Us, no, that's fair. Neither of us can score. I mean, I don't I don't see a way this game will go into the 70s unless everyone's just making shots. Like if yeah. the, the uh, regression sets in from last year's game, <laughs> not miss. Yeah. Um, but I'm not overly confident in that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's perfectly uh, fair. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's really all I got for you. Um, I guess last question, or not even question. You got any final thoughts? And uh, where can people find you on social media? I know, obviously, at JP Carlissimo on Twitter, but no, I'm just on Twitter, um, mm-hmm. just tweeting angry shit during games mostly. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's it. Just 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 Twitter. I don't have any Instagrams or anything like that. Right, you're, you're slacking, dude. You gotta you gotta upgrade a little bit. Oh, man, I. I I don't feel like running an Instagram too. <laughs> that's too much. Yeah. I do nah. every now and then. That's good enough for me. And I jump on podcasts. That's, that's there you important. Go. There you go. For me and JP, that's another edition of the Night Report Podcast signing off. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.